Alright, so, I will never do that. Period. <laughs> this passage says, oh yes you will. And oh yes you do. Look at uh, verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. In other words, they believe in God. They're followers of God. They obey God. They're active in the life of their church. They're active in ministry. We'd say today, they're on fire for God. We'd say, they're strong Christians. We'd say, they're missional people. Let's continue. Verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. Now, according to custom, which means they read their Bible to Jesus. They catechized Jesus. They catechized him, made him memorize the shorter catechism of the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, when he was old enough, he went to communicants class. They knew what to do. In other words, they believe in God. They follow God. They're active in the life of their church. They're active in ministry. They're on fire for God. They're strong Christians. <laughs> These are missional people. Let's continue. And when the feast was ended and they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, and then they began to search for him among their relatives. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. They're on fire for God. They're strong Christians. They're missional people. And they leave Jesus behind. His own parents. The closest people to Jesus on the planet leave him behind. I want you to look at verse 44 again. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. This is a phenomenal word, this word supposing him. The word literally means this. It's translated. If I was to translate it for you, literally, it would be they supposed something mistakenly. They mistakenly thought he was with them when he wasn't. My favorite Luke scholar, who's also my favorite Mark scholar, and whenever he writes a commentary on Matthew, he'll be my favorite Matthew scholar. His name is James Edwards. He says, how easy for moral people, religiously observant people, even his own family, to suppose Jesus is with them. This story is a reminder that moral and religious rectitude, I had to look that up too, it means this, moral and religious rightness, moral and religious passion, moral and religious uh, sincerity, moral and religious rightness, dedication, commitment, devotion, does not equate to fellowship with Jesus. Mary and Joseph have observed all that the law requires, but they've left Jesus behind. I don't leave Jesus behind. This text says, oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. So all of us are asking, well, how do we do that? I mean... How do we leave Jesus behind? And the text is saying, when you mistakenly think he's with you or he's somewhere that he's not. When we mistakenly think we brought him with us. Well, how do we do that? Like when we mistakenly think Jesus is only with the spiritually successful. 
when we mistakenly think Jesus is only present in spiritual achievements and spiritual improvements and a good spiritual performance. That's where Jesus is. How do you know where Jesus is? He's with the spiritually successful, the spiritually victorious, <laughs> the spiritually powerful. That's where you know where he is. And this text says they mistakenly supposed he was with them. We do this when we think Jesus is only with my political party. We do this when we mistakenly think that Jesus is only with my ideology, my truth, the way I see the world. We do this when we mistakenly think Jesus is only with, and I'm going to step on some toes, he's only with my view of social justice. So how do we leave Jesus behind? First, we suppose him to be somewhere he's not. Second, we suppose that he's not there when he is. We suppose him to be there, he's not. We suppose that he's not there, but he is. Like when we think he's not present in your weakness. And when you think he's not present, when you lose your job. And when you think he's not present in your meanness. And when you think he's not present in all the cultural crazy. When you think he's not present in your mental illness. I don't leave Jesus behind. This text says, oh yes you do. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to them, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. It's, not, it's almost impossible to understate how desperate they are at this point. You, if, you've never, if you're not a parent, it's hard to imagine how desperate this is. I can't tell you what my heart did, what my brain did, what my body did when we realized we left our two kids behind. Cannot tell you. Cannot tell you how fast I ran to that car. Can't tell you that I almost broke the key off in the ignition. Can't tell you how fast I sped down there. Can't tell you that I'm looking through the, everywhere while I'm going by just to make sure no one's carrying my kid and their car going in the opposite direction. Because if they did, I'd run head on into them. Verse 45, they're searching for Jesus. They are desperate for Jesus. Oh, I need you. Verse 48, they're searching for Jesus in great pain and great distress. They have need that is off the charts. And the question that you and I, for you and me is, are you? Are 
Are you searching for Jesus? Are you desperate? Are you in need? Jesus, I need you. Is this going on in your heart? Jesus, where are you? Is this going on in your heart? Jesus, how could you treat me like this? Some of you are so exhausted this morning in your search for Jesus. You're like, I'm searching for him. I'm in great need for him. I'm in great desperation for him, but I can't find him. Where are you, Jesus? Are you behind door number one? Are you behind door number two? Or is it door number three? I can't find you. I'm trying all the doors. I'm knocking on all the doors. Are you behind the door of church tradition? Are you behind the door of a special anointed individual? Are you behind the door of secret access points to the Holy Spirit? Or are you behind the door of biblical principles? Are you behind the door of someone who tells me, this is God's will for your life? Where are you? What door are you behind? I am exhausted from searching for you. Where are you? Some of you are in great need. You're in great distress searching for Jesus. You need to know what to do. You don't want to miss God's will for your life. Is this the person I'm supposed to marry? Is this the school I'm supposed to go to? Is this the job I'm supposed to take? What do I do in all the craziness of this culture? What do I do with my kids? Where do we go to church? What's truth? What do I believe? What's God's will? There are so many theologies. There are so many traditions. There are so many views out there. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, how could you do this to me? What Jesus says to his parents is absolutely radical. When he says it, the air leaves the building. And it's so radical that no one saw it coming. No one. How do we know? Because look at the parents' response in verse 50. They didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. The very first recorded words of Jesus on the planet, and no one understands them. Not the closest people to Jesus. Not the special anointed individual. Not the secret access points to the Holy Spirit. Not the biblical principles. Not the one that tells you, I know God's will for your life. Not the feeling in your heart. No one saw it coming. No one knows what it means. Everyone's perplexed. It's absolutely radical. So what does Jesus say? And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Did you? Now don't miss this. Jesus is not surprised that they're looking for him. Jesus obviously knows that they need him. Jesus obviously knows that they're desperate for him. What Jesus is surprised at is that it took them so long. Three days. In other words, how do you not know where I am? How did you not know where I would be? I'm not behind door number one. And I'm not behind door number two. 
And I'm not behind door number three. I'm not behind a church tradition. I'm not behind a special anointed individual. I'm not behind the feeling in your heart. I'm not behind secret access points to the Holy Spirit. I'm not behind someone telling you they know what God's will for your life is. I'm in my Father's house. There's a little tension on what's being said here because house is not actually said in the text. And so there's a little ambiguity there. It could be, did you not know that I must be in my Father's house, which many, like the ESV, translate it. Or it could be, did you not know that I must be about my Father's work, my Father's business, my Father's mission? What's the answer? Uh Uh-huh. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, how could you do this to me? When we don't know where Jesus is, when we don't know where Jesus, what Jesus is doing, we leave him behind. So first, we think he's somewhere mistakenly that he's not. Second, we don't think he's there mistakenly when he is. And third, we just don't know where he is. We just don't know what he's doing. We just don't know what his mission is. We just don't know why he came. We just don't know what the Father's business is. And Jesus says, that's the shocking part. I don't leave Jesus behind. And this text says, oh yes, you do. They did not understand the saying that he spoke to them, and he he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. This is such a strange way to end the story, isn't it? It's just so strange. They don't have a clue what's going on. Like the literal translation goes like this, and they they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. They didn't get Jesus. They didn't understand Jesus. They didn't know him. They didn't experience him. They didn't trust him. They were clueless about Jesus, had no idea ultimately who he was and what he's about. They didn't know where to find him. They didn't know where he is. They didn't know what God's will is. They didn't know what God's mission is. They don't know what the mission of God is. They don't know who God is and what he's all about. They search and search and search for Jesus in all the wrong places. (laughs) And then you have this text, and it says this, I wish the ESV would have gave it its literal punch because then it goes like this, all right? They didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. They're searching and searching. They're clueless. They have no idea who Jesus is. And then here it comes. You ready? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Jesus goes with them. Nevertheless. Jesus goes with you. Nevertheless, Jesus goes with you. Nevertheless, Jesus goes with you. We leave Jesus behind. Nevertheless, he doesn't leave you behind. Verse 41 tells us this is the time of Jewish Passover, right? 
Jewish Passover. Well, what's Jewish Passover about? Remember, they're celebrating the fact that death, the destroyer, passes over all the firstborn sons of Israel. Well, why would the destroyer want to destroy the firstborn sons of Israel in the first place? Answer, because Israel, time after time after time after time, kept leaving God behind. And when you leave God behind, what else is there but death and destruction and doom? And so what God said and what Israel knew from the beginning of their history all the way from Abraham, remember, because he was going to sacrifice Isaac, what God had said is this. Your firstborn sons, the hope of your family, the life of your family owes a death debt to me. And so at Passover, Jewish Passover, the death, the destroyer, passed over the firstborn sons. Wow. The next time that Luke records the Passover, Jesus is being crucified. The firstborn son of God is not passed over for you so you could be passed over. So all firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn sons and daughters of Adam and Eve can be passed over. Do you not know that I must be in my father's house. The firstborn son of God is not passed over by death so that you could be. We leave Jesus behind. Nevertheless, he goes with you. All the way with you. Now, now we know where